What's up, folks of Gator Country? This is none other than your boy, David Soderquist, along with Andrew Spivey. And unfortunately, Florida didn't cover the spread today, did they not? <laughs> Florida falls to South Carolina, 40-17, to 17, a, a score that we did not predict. We predicted the score probably be reversed. Florida with 40, South Carolina with 17, but it didn't happen. Uh, com- uh, Florida gets completely skull-dragged the whole game. I mean, total yards for South Carolina, 459. 284 of those yards were rushing yards. Could not stop the run all night. Kevin Harris and uh, Zaquandre White both had over 100 yards rushing. Two running backs over 100 yards rushing. Uh, Florida had only 82 rushing yards. Damian Pierce only got six carries. Again, averaging 6.8 carries a year. Didn't have Damian Pierce on the field. Couldn't stop the run. Uh, South Carolina completely, in all statistical categories, completely skull-dragged Florida. 21 first downs. Uh, you know, 36 minutes a clock, just the, the, the lack of effort that I saw last night. And, and, and that's what it is. It's, it's lack of effort, but the lack of effort comes from the leaders. You got to set an example when you're in a leader, right? Your leadership role, you set an example and that example rubs off uh, on the people below you. So here's the thing, David, you can say all that, but I have one thing to tell you. I'm still, I'm still a world champion today, my friend. That's right. And yeah. Nothing this podcast can do to ruin it. I had to throw that in. I was wondering. Um, I was kind of wondering where you were smiling a little bit. Now nah, I forgot you were wearing that World Series champion hoodie right there for the Atlanta Braves. That's right. I'm always a world champion, as they say. Uh, you are as well, Braves country. Uh, you're right. Here's the thing. I, I we didn't do a podcast on Thursday. I was in Atlanta celebrating at the parade. Uh, for the world series. Um, but I told people doing radio shows this week, I didn't think Florida would cover. I didn't think Florida would cover in this game. I told people it was going to be a close football game. I was wrong. What close football game, South Carolina dominated. Um, but you had a feeling this was going this way when you start at Monday and you hear Dan Mullen's comments where he cuts off, you know, about recruiting and, and yada, yada, yada about, you know, it's not, uh, he'll talk about recruiting when it's officially recruiting season and, and he'll, you know, officially talk about, uh, um, you know, do, rec- I mean, not necessarily do recruiting, but he'll officially talk about recruiting when right. after football season, then he, then he cuts off all media availability for the players. Grantham doesn't speak. He does it again on Saturday. Um, you know, we hear reports all week that there was a kind of a come to Jesus uh, temper tantrum thrown uh, a little bit too uh, on Monday um, with the players about their attitude and such. Uh, as a, a supposedly a podium was even broke um, by yeah. Dan Mullen. So you kind of had a feeling that there wasn't a buy-in from everybody involved. And before I go any further. I want to read this quote because I think this quote from Danny Cannell, and I hate Danny Cannell. I think dude's a moron. Um, 99.9%. This might be the first time I ever agree with something he says, but I want to read this quote, David, and then we can discuss if this is the problem. uh, Danny Cannell says, Dan Mullen last year admitted his team threw in the towel after the SEC championship game. He seemed cool with it. When you allow quitting to become acceptable, behavior becomes a habit. Yeah. I mean, it rubs, like I said, it rubs off on the players. You set the example. If you're a quitter, your players are going to be quitters. Your coaching staff's going to be quitters. And I'm not even going to get into the coaching staff. They're not even doing a great well, job. Well, here's right the now. thing it, it might not be so much that the players quit, okay? But when the coaches don't put the players in position to make plays, 
for instance, when Dan Mullen does not call good plays offensively, he's quitting on his team. I, I take, for instance, that first drive in the second half. Um, South Carolina is up at the time 30 to 10. Uh, South Carolina goes a quick three and out. Florida gets the ball in the 11. Mullen goes run to Malik for two. Yeah. Uh, quarterback, or no, excuse me, run Malik for two, run to Malik for four. It's third and four. He goes empty where everybody in the world knows Emory's about to run, and he runs a quarterback draw, and Emory gets a yard, and they have to punt. That series alone right there to me sums up the entire game, the entire season almost in general, and that is you don't trust your quarterback. You do not trust your quarterback. This is my question. You're 4-4 heading into the South Carolina game. What is the worst Emory could do? Go out and throw five interceptions? Guess what? It wouldn't have mattered. You still lost the football game. So why did you come into this game and just absolutely lay an egg? Okay, yes, there was a lot of guys that were sick. Emory was sick as well. Okay, so let him throw the ball instead of trying to run. He ran 11 times, yeah. was sacked three times. That your, your game plan, offensively and defensively, was terrible. You still haven't stopped a counterplay. Yeah. Uh, South Carolina ran the ball 42, no, 39 times, not counting uh, Jason Brown. I would guarantee you without going back and watching the game that 20 of those were counters. Yeah, did you hear him uh, before the game saying that Anthony Richardson would be brought in in case of an emergency situation? Yeah. I I think when you're down by three touchdowns, I think that's an emergency situation, don't you, Andrew? Uh, Yes, but at the same time, Anthony Richardson dealing with a concussion. Um, He's in concussion protocol. Okay, well, then he shouldn't say that. Then he shouldn't say that. But, But you and I both know Dan's got an issue of not being truthful a lot of times. <laughs> um, Obviously, yeah. So my my question, though, is this, and that is, I think we all knew going into the game Anthony Richardson wasn't going to play. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. I expected Emory Jones to start. So why did you not have a game plan built around Emory? Yeah. A game plan built around Emory to win the football game. And don't tell me there was a game plan put together for Emory to win and Emory didn't execute. That's bull crap. That's bull crap. Right. Emory threw an interception that was terrible. He had a fumble that was terrible. But besides that, the game plan still sucked. I don't care if Emory would have went turnover free. The game plan sucked. Damian Pierce still six carries. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Well, you came out, your first 10 plays of the game was all pass plays when South Carolina was one of the worst rushing attacks in the country. Mullen's excuse was, well, uh, Emory's able to check whenever they have a lot of guys in the box. Who cares? Yeah. They, they At times, they had seven guys in the box, and you were still throwing the ball. You're telling me Florida's up front, and as good as South Carolina's, Vanderbilt ran the ball on this team. Troy ran the ball against this team. You couldn't run the ball at one point in the in the in the season. You were number two in the country. Here's another stat, uh, and it popped up during the game, and I don't know if you caught it or not, uh, David. Florida's second most or has has called quarterback runs the second most in the country. They're joining Navy and Army, Ow. two triple option teams. That's yeah. not a success to win football games. 
No. That's not any success to have a quarterback that's winning. Tim Tebow didn't run this much. Is your offense sucks so bad that the only thing you can do is call quarterback runs and they don't go nowhere? Yeah. And that's the problem. I mean, they, they came out passing the ball pretty well. I mean, let's be honest. I, I, I figured you shouldn't have went away from the passing game because it was working early. And nobody on South Carolina's backfield had an answer for it. I mean, you had Justin Shorter out there making plays, getting the 51-yard catch. And, and shout-out to Marcus Burke. It's his first game out there. Two receptions. Not to interrupt you, yards. But, um, but take away the two big plays for 113 yards. Oh, yeah. Four of those for 120. Oh, and, and, and listen, those were two plays, the, the two passes, one for 52 and one for 61. That was okay. But here's the thing. You got lucky. You got lucky that the, that the safety didn't stay deep. To do it, the the Marcus Burke pass should have been picked off. Uh, you got lucky. It wasn't even. It wasn't even that it was a great play call. You just the you. If you watch the safety, he was out of position. Right. Yeah. And, and you know what else really popped off to me this game is missed tackles once again. Still missing tackles. Eleven total missed tackles this game. And I thought it was more. I thought it was at least twenty from what I've saw. But you know why? Why is that? You have no defensive tackles. Right. You have no linebackers that can that can tackle anybody either. Because you're playing guys out of position. You have no defense tackle. You're relying on three guys who are grad transfers or transfers. Uh, Newkirk goes out early. You're relying on Valentino and Truesdale, two guys that, you know, came in late. You're relying on those guys. They were transfers for a reason. You don't have defensive tackles that can get up there and make plays. I watched Gervin Dexter gets pushed back more in this game than I've seen him get pushed back in a long time. Well, he did they were re- pushing, they were driving him backwards. He didn't um, even really have any help, though. I mean, there was no, nobody. he didn't. I'm just saying that was the first time I really seen him kind of get manhandled, where they were just the center was just driving him backwards a lot of times. Uh, you know, it's not good when you're when when Trey Dean's making all the tackles, when your safety's making all the tackles. Um, he was second on the team with 11. Diabate led the team with 12. But it's not good when your safety is your leading tackler. Yeah. Not. Yeah, you don't want anybody in your backfield being the leading tackler for for the games, and 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 you know. Especially when you're missing tackles at a rate like that. Uh, Florida, you look at missed tackles. Uh, I ran a stat last week. Florida, 11.8 missed tackles per game. They're still on bar. They're still on average. 11 missed tackles this game. And right now, when you look at it, you know, you got skull dragged by South Carolina. You got Sanford coming up. There's a lot of fans thinking, we're not going to beat Sanford next week. If, if, you, if you take the name of Florida right now and put state in front of it, that's what we're playing like. And a lot of, a lot of fans don't think we're going to be Florida State. And to me, I thought the rest of the season, you were going to be eight and four. Four easy wins. South Carolina, Sanford, Missouri, Florida State. End the season eight and four. Concentrate on recruiting. Uh, doesn't look like it's going to happen. We know how to even make a bowl game. And, and, and you know, I, before the season, Andrew, and I'm going to ask you this. Would you have thought before the season that we wouldn't be going to any kind of a bowl game or be on track to do that? Mm, no, I mean, you know, uh, uh, again, I, I felt like this was a three-loss team with the possibility of a four-loss team. Um, but, no, I didn't. Um, you know, here's the thing, and, and I get your I get your, your point that you thought there was going to be eight and four. I told some people, and I'm not trying to brag on myself. I, I, I This is not that to brag about because watching that game on Saturday was awful. But I had a feeling – Things were going to go south. After the way the week went, you knew the guys weren't focused. Now, I don't think anybody's planning to opt out, 
but I think a lot of guys opted out mentally yeah. in, in the game. And, you know, listen, th- there's a pride factor, and you got to play for pride for yourself. But also at the same time, if everybody's giving up around you, what does it matter? You know, if I'm a defensive player, I'm like, why should I trust the game plan? I know the game plan is going to suck because it still hadn't stopped counter. If I'm an offensive guy and I'm sitting here to myself, if I'm a receiver, I'm sitting here to myself thinking, okay, well, I'm not going to get the ball because Dan doesn't trust it. Dan doesn't yeah. trust it. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I go back to this fourth down play, and some people were were hot on me about it. It's it's okay. I don't I don't care. Um, you go from an, go for it on your own thirty two midway through the third quarter. They're down three scores. Fourth and one. Some people said, well, you know, your offense had no pulse. You had to go for it there. But for me, David, when you went for that, you threw in the white flag. You called ball game there. You said, this is the ball game. If I get it, I'm good. If I don't get it, it's ball game. You called ball game middle third quarter. You're the University of Florida, supposed to have superior talent over South Carolina, who's in year one of a rebuild under Shane Beamer, with a third-string quarterback who was playing FCS football last year, you threw in the white flag. First of all, fourth and one, how do you not get it? You you know, you you ran a counterplay there where it's like, what are you doing? Fourth and one, why are you not just lining up simply running a lead play right up where you're telling your five offensive linemen and your tight end, block the guy in front of you, we need a yard. Oh, that's a Damien play all the way. You ran a counterplay where you had Josh Braun, you know, pulling. So somebody on the backside came and made the play on fourth and one. Yeah. You should have got it, but also you can't go for that there. You, 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 you just can't, you threw in the white flag coaching one oh one, And again, I, you don't have to trust me or anything else that my nine years of coaching may just be a wash. I don't know, but Everything I've been taught tells you you do not go for that there. Do not go for that in the middle of the third quarter. You threw in the white flag there, and I think his team took it. Right. And if you're a pro football focus guy and and love stats like I do, uh, if you go on pro football focus right now, none of the starting offensive linemen have a grade above 60. That's pretty bad. That's, That's extremely, extremely bad. You go to South Carolina, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys in run blocking. That are way above sixty. You got yeah. you you got you got skull dragged and, and mentally. And you know, I, I know this team is better than South Carolina. We all knew it coming into the game. Florida has a talent. Florida's sitting right now seventh in talent profile on twenty four seven sports. So far, they've lost to a hobbled LSU team with a talent profile of five. They've lost to a Kentucky team with a talent profile of thirty three, and they got completely skull dragged by South Carolina, a talent profile of twenty one. And it goes to what I was saying last week. They say it's all about the X's and O's and the Jimmy and Joes. We all, we all heard that speech by Kirby Smart that, that came after the Dan Mullen press conference. Um, you know, and I said it last week. Is Dan Mullen even coaching that well? It doesn't look yeah. like it to me. Like, you have way more talent than a bunch of these teams. You're not even getting these guys developed, prepared. Strength and conditioning looks non-existent. And, it, and you're not getting guys prepared for... For the next level, I mean, you you have the seventh talent profile in the nation. You should at least right now be six and two, at least. Mm-hmm. And you're not even that. You're not even going to make it a bowl game this year, probably. That's pretty bad. And 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 Florida State, 
Those guys, if you want to look at their, I haven't even looked at their talent profiles, and I know it's bad because a lot of guys transferred out. That program is in shambles. Those people, from what I saw last night, might come into Florida and beat us at home. Here's the thing for me. Jim McElwain. That's who you won with. Yep. You won with his guys. And you can deny it all you want. And everybody in the country can deny it all you want. And everybody in the country can talk about how bad of a coach Jim McElwain was. You won with his players. You won with Kyle Trask. You won with Kyle Pitts. You won with Kadarius Stoney. You won with uh you, you won with Michael P. Ryan. You're still got Dingan Pierce, who's probably your best offensive player right now. That's that's another Jim McElwain guy. Um, you're winning with his guys, yeah. and you can like it, you can love it, you can hate it, you can do whatever you want. You're winning with his guys. Now, does Dan Mullen deserve a little bit of credit for for uh, developing those guys? Sure, he does. Sure, he does. But also, it doesn't take much to develop Kyle Pitts. Doesn't take much to develop Kadarius Stoney, and it didn't take much to develop Kyle Trask. You're a quarterback whisperer with no quarterbacks. Your offensive line coach is absolute hot trash. Hot trash. I said it before. It is highway robbery that he is still employed by the University of Florida. If you're paying him any more than a nickel, you're overpaying. The guy hasn't been a good coach in years. The guy still isn't a good coach. Offensive line plays about one thing and one thing only. Attitude. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Attitude. If you want to win up front, you win. But here's the thing. Players don't like Hevesy. Hevesy can't relate to guys. And Hevesy doesn't care. Three things right there. And that's why his guys do not get it. He cannot recruit. This coaching staff cannot recruit. Again, you can say what you want about talent, but when your coach quits on you, great talent will still help you win. I know they're fifth in composite, whatever, whatever. I don't buy into that. I, 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 I get it, but I don't get it. The the players themselves tell me these are not good enough. When your best best recruit is twentieth in the country in the twenty twenty two class, or twentieth in the state of Florida, it's not good enough. Yeah, it's not good enough. You you just watch this team all throughout. You know, it, I go back to the the opening kickoff of the second half. Derek Wingo, what a stupid personal foul. Yeah, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Why are you making those silly plays, costing your team yards? You're undisciplined. The team's undisciplined. Everything's undisciplined. And here's the thing: for the first time, it's Dan Mullen's fault. I've been on that 50-50 cliff of whether to blame Dan or whether it was just defense. It's on Dan. Well, it's I, on Dan. Well, the thing is, too, is, is like he, in his post game pressers, he he masks so much stuff when he in a post game presser. He gives the same answers, masks everything. Let me let me. Uh, Zach Goodall had to actually post something on Twitter, and it was Dan Mullen's comments post game saying, "Well, I didn't even know the band was there." Um, you know. Well, we didn't do the alma mater. I didn't even know the band was there. And then before the game, he's walking right in front of the band that's playing loud instruments right in front of him. You're going to tell me that you didn't know the band was there? And then, I mean, if you want to go back to, what, the LSU game where Marco threw the shoe? He goes in the postgame presser. He's like, well, I didn't see a shoe. 
was there a shoe? Was that a penalty? Was that a 15-yard penalty? Um, well, the referee on the mic said, 15-yard penalty, throwing a shoe 20 yards down the field, if you go back and look at the video clip. But you didn't know that there was a shoe thrown? This is a guy right now, to me, that's making up excuses, is checked out, doesn't want to be there anymore, mentally. I want to know what your opinion is on Dan Mullen right now, because me, personally, I don't think he wants to be there anymore. He He's full of excuses. He's always been full of excuses. Um, people are finally seeing he's full of excuses, and people for the first time are realizing he's full of it. Um, yeah. He's trying to find ways to get fired. Yeah, it, it, and we see right through it. Like, if fans and media and everybody else can see right through it, I'm pretty, you know, you know the players are probably seeing it too. They're not saying anything, of course, because they, they can't, I, I guess they can't. Well, that's they the thing. Are, are they not saying anything because Dan knows that they may say something? I mean, you know, you, you look at it, you can only can control the narrative so much. He no longer controls the narrative. And, you know, I, I say this, and I refer to this quote a lot, but I'm, I'm going to say it again. Jeremy Foley, before he left, he said, what should be done eventually must be done immediately. Yeah. What should be done eventually must be done immediately. I'll ask you that question again, David, and say this. Does Dan Mullen have what it takes to get it fixed? And the answer is no. The the answer is no. The program right now is at a place that Dan Mullen cannot fix. A, his recruiting class this year is going to be hot trash, even if he stays. Everybody knows he's on the hot seat. At the least, he's going to replace half of his or his defensive staff, and maybe, just maybe, we all get lucky and he replaces his offensive line coach, who's absolutely trash. Um, so then you're you're going into next season with six new coaches. Yeah. What makes you believe that that's going to get no better? Because here's the thing. If it does, I mean – you still don't have the players to do it. So you're looking at at least three to four years before this gets fixed. And again, I say this all the time. History tells me Dan Mullen won't get it fixed. And people say, well, what does that mean? Boom, 13 years. He's been a head coach and in, in the SEC. And he hasn't changed. He's the same person he was when he first came in. Yep, that's what I tell everybody too. 14 years, his mentality is not going to change. The, the, these results are what you're going to get until he's out of here. I mean, personally, I think he needs to go. And a lot of people, especially on Twitter, yesterday on Twitter, I posted, I can't remember what I posted, but it was about, you know, Dan Mullen's, you know, his mentality. And I got about three or four comments on Twitter saying, oh, you're trying to set a narrative. Oh, you're trying to generate clicks. You're trying to generate retweets. You're trying to you know, get followers, whatever. I don't get paid to get followers. I don't get paid for retweets. I don't get paid for likes. I don't get paid for any of that. I give my true opinion out there on social media, and I like to see what other fans' responses are. Now, after that game you watched last night, do you think I'm trying to control a narrative? Do you think I'm trying to generate clicks? Do you think I'm trying to get likes and retweets? I don't think so. I think Dan Mullen controlled his own narrative last night. And you're going to go into Sanford next week, and you're worried about that game just because of what you saw against South Carolina. Sanford, you should easily be able to handle. Easily. Florida easily wins this game next week. Mentally, will they? That's the issue. And that's the problem with this team, is when your head coach checked out, the player's going to check out. I didn't see effort last night at all. If you would have saw the least bit of effort like you saw last week against Georgia, Florida wins that game last night. The issue is, like you just said, 
it was the performance of how they lost. You know, if you play a good game and, you know, South Carolina just gets some lucky breaks or, or whatever it may be, you're okay with that. Yeah. But when you came out and at no point last night on Saturday night, did Florida look like they had a chance to win that game? At no point. No point. The opening drive, Carolina drives it down the field. And then the second uh, drive, they drive it down the field. The third drive, drive it down the field. Fourth drive, fifth drive. The first five drives of the game, they score. Yeah. I, I posted something else. That's South Carolina. Time. That's a team who was awful. Yeah. That's a team who Shane Beamer didn't even hardly believe in his team. If you watch his halftime press conference, he didn't even believe he was going to win that game. Um, you see that? And, you know, Dan Mullen after the game said he thought his message – was received well by his team. No, it was not. No, it was not. Did he, you know, he has players, Chief Borders, uh, Scooby, Jeremiah Williams. They were on Instagram laughing at the game. Yeah, that's a problem. You can, The thing is. It's a culture problem. It's a culture problem. And the culture is set by the head man. And, and the thing is, is if the second guy in, in responsibility of that is Nick Savage. And that's a guy we don't talk about a lot. Yeah. But he needs to be talked about because he ain't doing his job either. These guys are strong enough. These guys are not just beating the other team physically like they were supposed to. And they're not mentally in it. Yeah. And I posted this actually earlier this morning. I said, we praise the staff about coaching and development and getting kids ready. Right now, Hevesy isn't doing it. Knox can't play the right guy. Grantham is Grantham. Mullen is masking more lies and repeating himself impressors. And Savage hasn't done a great job either. And I'm glad you brought that up. Where, where's the no-quit attitude? Where is... Uh, even the when hold you, the rope. The yeah, hold the rope. The hold the rope, no-quit, fourth quarter, uh, hold on to the rope, whatever. If you look last night out at the game, there's a lot of South Carolina players that are looking awfully well and, and, and way bigger than our players are. I, I, I'm personally, I, I have no clue. I'm not going to blame everything on Savage because it's a collaboration of everybody. But, you know, strength and conditioning looked pretty good when McElwain's guys were out there. It's not looking good right now. And, you know, I this is another stat, too. I ran last night. I said the last time the Gators finished the season under 500 was in 2017. Jim McElwain was fired. The time before that was 2013. Will Muschamp was fired in 2014. The time before that was 1979. Dan Mullen's last remaining games, Sanford, Missouri, FSU. Got to win two of those. Or else, yeah. or else he's repeating history Sanford. once again. You'll win Sanford. Sanford's awful. Uh, you'll win that game. But Missouri always plays you tough. You know that. Uh, and you know that Florida State, that's their, that's their Super Bowl. That's their Super Bowl. That there is nothing Mike Norvell wants to do more than to win that football game and to get the momentum of his program going, he, he continuing to go in the right direction. And you know, listen, you can say what you want, and 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 you know, they haven't had a great year. They've had a terrible year. Yada yada yada. They're still recruiting really well, and you know, he did inherit a mess from Willie Tack, uh, and worse than anything. And, you know, people say, oh, well, damn, on how inherited the mess from Ben McElwain. That's wrong. It's wrong. You know, yes, his strength staff needed to go. Mike Kent needed to go. They weren't in good shape. No, not at all. But they were not untalented. They had talent. They had a lot of talent. 
and he was set up to have even more talent. He told Matt Corral, get lost. He told Jamar Chase, get lost. Yeah. How did that work out for him? Uh, I just want to know, how did that work out for him with uh, Jamar Chase doing what he's doing in the NFL and, and Matt Corral being a, a Heisman candidate this year? I talked to a buddy of mine. He'll remain nameless right now. He works uh, works for a newspaper out of state, not in state. Doesn't, doesn't cover Florida. Um, we were talking, he's a Florida grad. We were talking uh, last week, and he said, uh, how is Florida so bad in recruiting? And he said, vice versa. He said, People said, oh, well, Kyle Trask is hurting what Dan Mullen can do on his offense. Wait until he gets his own quarterback. Maybe his own quarterback would have been better with Kyle Trask. Maybe Kyle Trask was the reason the offense looked so good. Yeah. Maybe Kyle Trask saved Dan Mullen from himself. Yeah. I mean, and it, it, that's the thing. Like, if you look back at last year, say Dan Mullen didn't have Kyle Trask. Say he had to play with Emory. Do you think Emory's digging us out of those thirty and forty point game holes that we that we put up last year? Do you think? No, do you but even again, think that that's not Emory's game. It's not. It's not. But I'm I'm saying, I'm I'm not blaming it on Emory, and I'm not saying Emory sucks or anything like that. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say yeah. that Kyle Trask, in a way, along with Hits and Tony, guys that McElwain recruited, saved your season last year because your defense wasn't blocking anything. They were giving up 38, 39 points per game. You're putting up over 40 points per game, and that's how you won every game. So, really, like, so let's say that Kyle Trask wasn't quarterback last year. Do they even go eight and four? Do they even go to a bowl game? Mm, probably not. Yeah. Probably not. I, I, I think uh, last year was a sign of things to come. It, it really was because, you know, as bad as the defense was, Grantham didn't get fired. He brought in two new assistants. Okay. Defense was already terrible. It's terrible this year. I, I mean, they had their spurts. Alabama, um, and I don't think Alabama's as good as we thought they were. I just saw them play LSU last night. Close score, 21-14. to 14. They they might get beat by Georgia in the SEC Championship. Uh, Georgia, I'm telling you right now, as, as much as we love to make those 1980 jokes, it's probably going to end this year. Georgia, Georgia's got a ton of talent, and they're playing with their hair on fire. They're still blocking kicks. I saw it yesterday. They're still making special teams plays, plays on defense, and enough plays on offense to win them games by a large margin. And, and that's the thing is I don't think Georgia, Georgia has not had a close game at all so far this season. Alabama's already had two, three. Yeah, three. Well, four, really, because Tennessee was close until the fourth quarter. Uh, the the worst record over their last 10 games against Power 5 opponents, Florida's third. Yep. Kansas 0-10, Vanderbilt's 0-10, Arizona's 1-9, and, and Florida's 2-8. and eight. And uh, Joel Klatt, uh, I don't know if you like Joel Klatt or not, he said the last 25 games have been wild for Gators football and Dan Mullen. 12-1 and one. since the shoe throw, 4-8 and eight since. Yeah. He hasn't recovered. He hasn't recovered from that, and he hasn't recovered from the SEC championship game. When he tried his best to get a job for the NFL, he, he threw in the towel, and he, yeah. hasn't, and he hasn't picked that towel up yet, and he hasn't fully bought back in yet. It showed in recruiting. Um it showed in a lot of things. Um, it's time for a change. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay to say that now. It, it, I don't care if I hurt any ice feelings. It's time for a change. That The spotlight's on you, Scott. Yeah. Well, I mean, you And t- what Strickland does here will decide a lot. Yeah. And, and, and I don't want to go into details with this because it's, it's, it's a bad situation anyway, and we still don't know all the details. 
And I told people, I said, it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. And by a lot worse, I did mean a lot worse. Scott Strickland hasn't posted in a while. Scott Strickland gave an extension to a coach that we already know about that whole situation. And I'm not going to get into that because it's, it's, it's pretty bad. But is Scott Strickland even going to be here much longer? Is President Fox going to well, be here much time out. He's putting time out. Well, I don't care what nobody says. Strickland's in timeout right now. Um, you know, he's been told not to. I don't know. I don't know where the Strickland thing goes. Um, I honestly don't. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting. Um, I will ask this. And that is, do you trust Scott Strickland to make this next coaching hire? That's the thing. I don't know. I don't even know if he's going to try to make a coaching hire. I think he's going to try to keep Dan another year, no matter what happens. That's the problem. Too. Uh, if I was betting, I think Dan returns. Well, the, the thing is uh, this. You're just prolonging mediocrity if you keep Dan Mullen. The way that yeah. his attitude is, you're prolonging mediocrity. It's best if you cut ties now. He's only got a $12 million per buyout. If You pay, you can pay him $6 million up front and then pay him overpayments over time. But $12 million is not a lot anyway. I, I've seen buyouts for way yeah, worse. Boosters will take care of that. And here's the thing, too. And that is you do not have a huge buyout of other coaches because six coaches have their contracts expire at the end of the year. Grantham's one of them who has the highest paid contract. Yeah. And so you have several guys. If you allow Dan to come back, you get a new DC. You've got to sign him to a two-year deal. you got to sign most of your other assistants to two-year deals. Um, so you have a bigger buyout. Um, again, do you, if you have to force Dan to do something, did he really make a change? Because right. will he fully buy into it? Um, you know, what's he going to do? What's it, where's he going to go hire to DC? I, I said this on a, uh, in my mailbag on Gator country. He's not well thought of. I mean, there's a lot of coaches who think Dan's hard to work for. That's why he didn't hire a great DB coach last year. So will he be able to hire a great DC? In my opinion, no. Yeah, I remember you telling me I think last week that Dan Mullen. I think he's interviewed at Tennessee twice, uh, and I think Tennessee didn't take him. I remember you telling me that Foley didn't want Dan Mullen because of that, and a lot of and a lot of teams didn't want Dan Mullen because of his attitude and and the way that he, you know, just the way that he does things and how arrogant and pompous he can be in, about himself and not be more of a team player. Uh, you know, there was, I mean, a lot of people said that, that, you know, Foley had said multiple times, um, you know, because people wondered why he didn't, um, succeed, um, urban when urban left the first time. And that was because Jeremy Foley had told a lot of people, um, that, you know, he, he would never hire Dan Mullen. He, he didn't like Dan Mullen's arrogance, and he would never hire Dan Mullen. And, you know, you can say what you want to say. And, you know, Jeremy Foley had a lot of, you know, things not go his way, especially late with facilities. And, you know, he had some questionable hires late. But for the most part, Jeremy Foley was really good at his job. Yeah. And, and, and I love Shane Matthews to death, too. I talk to him a lot about this, and he thinks if the facilities get built, It'll improve recruiting, but I. The lie. That's it, a lie. That, that's so. That's so. That's so. Two thousand thinking. Yeah. And, and listen, I like Shane. Shane's a good dude. Shane. Shane put his blood, sweat, and tears out. But that's that. That's past thinking. 
Everybody has great facilities. Right. Yeah. Here's the thing. Dan can't close. Get it through people's head. Dan can't close. He can't recruit. His guys can't recruit. When guys won't visit campus because they don't want to meet with their position coaches, they're not coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what it was. That's that's what I got a lot of flag for on Twitter last week or yesterday was I made a I made a comment about recruiting. And then Walter Nolan commits to Texas A&M. And then Texas A&M gets another top 100 wide receiver in the same day. And I said, another guy that you were in the running for and you didn't get. And a lot of people were saying, oh, we never in the running to begin with. And all this. No, we were. We were. Obviously, his parents had a lot to deal with that. Everybody knows it. But you're still in the running. Jimbo got the job done. No matter what, Jimbo got the job done to get the elite talent on his roster. And when that happened, it was a spiral effect. You see another top 100 wide receiver. Commit Texas A&M yesterday, too. Two guys in one day. My thing is this. You don't have people on our staff that care that much about recruiting to go through that kind of a trouble to get an elite prospect to come to the University of Florida. You just don't. And I don't care what people say. They say, I'm trying to set a narrative, whatever. I took a poll. I said, look, fan vote. How satisfied are you with Dan Mullen's high school recruiting so far this career? This isn't counting the transfer portal. 0.5% said, I'm real satisfied. 2% 2% said kind of satisfied. 27.5% said could be better. 70% said it's downright horrible. So, you know, general consensus between fans, they don't think the recruiting's that well. So, I'll ask you this. There is no who, in this, who in this class is an impact player? I would say Isaiah Bond, and that's about it. Isaiah Bond, well, number one athlete, he's a track runner, he's fast. That's you, you, speed, you always want speed on your offense. I would give Isaiah Bond that that thumbs up. Not sure about Chandler Smith. Uh, you know, he's a fast guy too, but uh, probably has to put on some size. Nick Evers, he's putting up pretty good stats right down high school. They're not crazy. They're not considered, I guess, quote unquote, elite stats. But I would say Nick Evers. But that's that's the guy right now that you got saving this class because Nick Evers leaves, you ain't got nobody. The rest of those guys are going to leave. Year four before he plays. Yeah, yeah, I know. And that's the thing, man. It. it, it like I said, it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. This recruiting class, especially if something happens, if say if Dan Mullen was to be let go this year, you think the recruiting class is bad now? Wait till well, that happens. here's where I'll disagree with you, and that is you get the right person in, they can save it. Well, you got to you got to get them in now. You got to get them in now. Well, you would have to get them in soon, yeah, for sure. Um, and when I say save it, I I don't mean that it'll be great. But I'm saying it, it it would be better than it is. Um, you know, you would get some guys to to at least think this away and at least look your way. Um, you know, because there's going to be other coaches around the country who get let go, and you know, there's going to be other guys looking around. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you could save it a little bit. It's not going to be great. Um, but yeah. I mean, well, you're definitely going to have to dip into the portal this year. I mean, there's no other option. You got to go to the transfer portal. Uh, Tennessee had to do it. And and look, I looked at it last night. Tennessee put up 45 points on Kentucky. All transfer portal guys, they went through a complete overhaul in that program. Yeah. I had no problem putting up 45 points on Kentucky. So, you know, that's the thing is like Dan Mullen gets praised for being an offensive guru, X's and O's coaching. He's not even doing that right now. It, it's It's gotten to a point to where he's mentally checked out. And the the thing is, like, if you if you want to quote unquote save this class, you'd have to do something dramatic right now, and I don't see it happening, and that's the problem. So this class is probably not going to be the best class that we've seen in a while. It's 
it's probably going to be worse than when Will Muschamp got fired and Jim McElwain had to kind of come in and save the class with C.C. Jefferson and Martez Ivy. <laughs> I mean, you're not even going to get that. It's going to be bad. Like, yeah, uh, I mean, you got to uh, you got to figure out your direction and figure that direction out pretty quick, David. Um, and you you got to figure out a way to stop stop the skit. I mean, you just you just you just do. I mean, you got to figure it out. Um, well, the, the, this day, I I personally think Sanford. I think we win against Sanford. If we don't win against Sanford, we're in tr- we're in deep trouble. I think we went against Sanford. Not sure about Missouri, but I do think the players, it, the players' energy will be different for Florida State because the players don't want to lose to Florida State. They don't. But like again, to- okay, yes, the players' energy may be different, but if you're not put in position to do it, That's the problem, and the plays yeah. are not called, then what does it do? I say just line the players up, and if they call a play, just run something different anyway. <laughs> well, varsity blues, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, just- yeah. A Kilmer. John Moxon. A kill, yeah, Kilmer. John uh, Moxon out there, uh, you know, burning in the five wide hook and ladders whenever he's told not to. So it'll be interesting, man. It really is. Uh, good news is basketball starts in two days. Uh, yep. So that'll, uh, or Tuesday. Um, that'll be good. And uh, the yep. Atlanta Braves still World Series champions despite Dan Mullen's uh, ability to make everybody sad. Yeah, the parade was crazy too, man. Closed off a lot of roads, and uh, yeah, I, I I didn't get anywhere near that because I knew it was going to be crazy. And you got to tell that guy to slow that bus down too, man. Driving at thirty miles an hour through there, I oh, was right in the middle of it, and I can honestly say it was one of the best days of my life. Did you see? Uh, you see where Matzik almost got arrested by a cop because the cop didn't know he's a player on the team. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Somebody posted a meme saying it was because he was drinking a natty light. He wasn't drinking the expensive stuff. <laughs> Well, it was a, good. As a lot of Florida Gator fans have been drinking a lot here lately, watching watching this team. But I mean, you know, it, like I said, it, it, <laughs> right now you just got to roll with the punches. There's a lot of punches that are going to be delivered to Florida Gators fans' faces right now. You just got to roll with the punches and, and, and hope for great results in the end. I mean, right now it's the waiting game. You have to wait. You have to see what happens. Root for the players, not the coaches. Yeah, it, you know, you don't have to root for the coaches. Right, and you and don't have to like the coaches. Do not keep, please. Please do not tweet players and tell them that they suck. Uh, it, yeah. it, 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 first of all, it's not even on them. It's up to the coach to put the players in the best position to win football games. Whether they were a three-star, four-star, five-star, it doesn't matter. I don't care. Right. You got yeah. you recruited players. you got to put them in the best position to win. So don't go after players. I've seen it a couple right. times on social media. Don't go after the players. It's 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 completely stupid. So blame the coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, you got to you know keep it in perspective and, and and again it's not it's not their fault i mean it's just it's what it is it's not not their fault by any means you have to uh you have to be put in the best position um so yeah i mean you know root show up root for the players you don't have to root for dan mullen you don't have to root for todd grantham you don't have to root for any of the coaches root for the players that's it just root for the players and hopefully root for something pray pray something gets fixed i don't care if it's a getting rid of all the coaching staff and Dan Mullen or doing something. I don't know. I don't have the answers. I don't get paid enough money for that. But, you know, roll with the punches is all I'm going to say because it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. And by a lot worse, I mean a lot worse. And I hate to say that, we would love to open up a podcast every week saying Florida Gators win in in dominant fashion over so-and-so every week. And we just here lately, I don't even think we've been able to do that in, what, five weeks, (laughs) Spivey? In a long time, my man. In a long is, time. Uh, a long time. Not a fun time. Not a fun time. Uh, we'll be back though, and we'll we'll break down uh, 
um, Sanford and basketball and you name it, we'll break it down. I'm sure Dan will have something to fumble um, at the mouth um, this week during his press conferences if he shows up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll, uh, we'll be ready, that's for sure. Be ready, then, because uh, Josh Pate's on a tear on Dan Mullen right now, too, from 24-7 Sports. So, uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of media talking about it, of course. Uh, very unexpected loss. Uh, like I said, just roll with the punches. Uh, Andrew, you got anything else, man, besides your uh, your smile that you have on for your Atlanta Braves World Series? And actually, my Atlanta Braves, too. My dad would be very proud right now. And, uh, yeah, last time I got to see a World Series win from the Braves was in 95 with my dad. Yeah, I mean, uh, listen, uh, I there's no uh, – you're not taking that away from me. Nope. You can't take away a World Series champions. And my pocketbook hurts, hurts daily because um, I'm soaking this one in. I'm enjoying this one to a T. My four-year-old loves it. He keeps saying they won the series trophy. We did. So I, I'm good, Dan. You can't take that away from me, buddy, no matter how bad you suck at your job. Still a world champion. Well, that Still is all. World champion. That is all that I have, Andrew. I don't know if you have any. That's all I have. You know, I again, you can't take that away, Dan. You can take a, a lot of things away. Right. Can't take away my World Series championship, buddy. And right. uh, maybe you learned a thing or two about some coaching from from a man, Brian Snicker. <laughs> yeah, he probably did. Keep uh, the same. Maybe. Keep the same motto. I mean, you, had, you know you. you what you preach is what your players will be. Yeah. I'll end it on that. Yep. And, you know, only thing we can do is look forward to the next game, and that is against Sanford. And it looks like Florida is All we can be, do is our job, David. That's it. All we our can job. do is our job. And our job, says Dan Mullins, not a very good football coach, and it's his fault. Yeah. Right now, I mean, he just rides on the coaches, rides on the staff, rides on bowling. Curious to see what he says in his uh, presser Monday. If, if he decides he wants to go to it. Or, or he's going to ask for the swap to be packed, and he's crazy. It ain't happening. Yeah, no way he's packing the swamp next week, unfortunately. No. Um, no. But uh, there's a lot of people already trying to sell their tickets. I went on a couple of Twitter spaces last night and listened to the fans, and all of them are upset. But anyway, that will wrap it up for this episode of the GatorCountry.com podcast. You can follow me at GC on Twitter. I'll be posting a lot this week. You can guarantee it. And you can follow Andrew Spivey at Andrew Spivey GC. On Twitter as well. That'll wrap it up, folks, for this episode of the GatorCountry.com podcast.